Blog Talk Radio. This is the Light of Truth Radio broadcast with Michael Boldea. All right, welcome to the program and thank you for joining us. Excuse the half a second delay there. I went to close my window. The outside traffic was a little too loud and I wanted you to hear me uh, and not people blaring their horns and riding their scooters. Uh, Still hot over here uh, last uh, few days. I've been uh, reacquainting myself with driving in Romania. So uh, if you've never been here, if you've never had to drive in any Eastern European country, uh, you just, you know, you you hug the ones you love a little tighter every time you exit the home and you know you're going to drive for more than two minutes. Uh, It's uh, one of those things where if you make it back home alive, you know that you are in the hands of the angels. They are protecting and watching over you because uh, most people, uh, I guess the only real and consistent uh, rule for driving is don't hit anyone and don't get hit. That's about it. Other than that, uh, red light, green light, stop and goes, whatever. It doesn't matter. You just barrel through and hope for the best. So uh, thus far, we are alive. Thus far, we are unharmed. Thus far, uh, we are enjoying our time back home. It's uh, still hot. Today, we got a little bit of a rest. Uh, We had a a nice uh, shower. We had uh, a little storm go through, and the temperature dropped about 15 degrees within a matter of minutes, and that was really nice. But uh, next Monday and Tuesday, they're telling us uh, it's going to be a scorcher. Uh, They're uh, getting uh, to that, you know, 98, 9900-degree mark, and it's a lot more humid than it is in Wisconsin because a lot of people ask, you know, what's the, what's the weather like in Romania? And I usually go, yeah, it's like Wisconsin. You know, we have four seasons. We have, you know, a spring, a summer, fall, winter. We have snow. We have rain. But I did realize it's a little more humid than it is in Wisconsin uh, because I walk just as much there as I do here. And uh, I'm sweating a lot more. Uh, and it's not anything to do with the change of diet. I'm not drinking any more coffee than I used to. The only thing I'm not getting on a regular basis is the gas station grilled cheeses, uh, but I don't think that would affect my uh, perspiration. So I don't know, maybe. I, I've happened upon uh, a new fount of youth in the grilled cheeses at the Quick Trips in Wisconsin, and uh, now they owe me a little restitution. Apparently, everybody wants something for nothing. Uh, It doesn't matter whether you're, you know, white, purple, black, or brown. Uh, If if you can point to somebody and say that they have, in some offhanded way via their ancestors, uh, done you any sort of harm, uh, then you deserve millions upon millions of dollars and uh, some of the Europeans are getting in on the act, but they're not getting very far because, uh, well, there, there, there have always been predators and prey. There have always been people who are nefarious, people who will abuse, 
and take advantage of others, and there have been those who were unable to defend themselves uh, or who got abused and sold by their own people. So uh, they, they were trying, I think, either in Italy or in France to ask for restitution uh, because of something that happened a few hundred years ago, and the courts shut it down because unlike California, the courts in Europe are realizing they're uh, – well, almost out of money. There's nothing much they can do, but watch people's uh, life savings get eaten away by inflation. And I know you're thinking to yourself, hey, have you not been reading the latest inflation report? Surprisingly, yes, surprisingly, inflation eased. I know it's only 3%. It's the lowest in years. However, uh, food still up. Remember when I told you that needful things such as food, energy, water are going to be ticking up perpetually? Because when you speak of inflation, toys are toys. Uh, 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 there's, there's rich people shopping at the dollar store right now because they see the writing on the wall and they want to save a couple shekels if they can. But as far as food is concerned, as far as necessary things for your livelihood, those things continue to stay, stay expensive because, well, people need to eat. People need uh, electricity. Uh, I guess uh, unless you own some sort of candle-making factory, then you should be okay. But other than that, if you got power, you like your lights. Uh, we don't have AC in this apartment, but if I had it, guess what I'd be doing? Yes, sirry, Bob, I'd be cranking it to 100 uh, because uh, it's uncomfortable. And I know that I'm, 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 I'm of two minds on this issue because I can look at myself and objectively say that I've gotten soft over the years because a little sweat makes me uncomfortable and I would rather turn on air conditioning if I had it than feel that discomfort. So I, I can be objective enough to, to, to acknowledge that uh, I'm, I'm not a woodsman, that I wouldn't fare well trying to light a fire with two sticks. Uh, but on the other hand, this is part of, I guess, not the temptation, but the allure. It's part of the allure of civilization. You walk into your house, you push a button, hot air turns cold. You don't think about it. There's nothing you have to do until the bill comes or until something breaks and then you have to call a repairman. Uh, the, the, the creature comforts that we've become expectant of, the, the, the creature comforts that... that we believe that we deserve have gotten more and more comfortable. Uh, it used to be that if somebody had, you know, electricity and they can turn a light bulb on for their kids to do their homework, it was perfect. They were blessed. They, they felt blessed. Now, unless you got a 120 inch TV in your basement with surround sound where it makes you feel like you're sitting next to Tom Cruise in an F-16 trying to beat the youngins, uh, well, you know, I mean, I, I get it. There's, there's different gradations of blessing, and we're not, 
you know, we're, we're, we're not 120-inch TV blessed, but we're not Nigeria blessed either. We're somewhere in the middle. And that's the thing. We, we get so used, you, yeah, used to comfort. Uh, it, it becomes part of our existence day to day. And then the minute that it's taken away or the minute that it's missing, we realize how dependent we've become upon it. And that's the scary thing to me is we've become dependent on Internet. We've become dependent on uh, things that make our lives easier. My wife downloaded this app where she can actually control the temperature in the house uh, via the interwebs. And I'm like, what's the point? She's like, well, because it's, it's easy. Well, yeah, but what if uh, you lose your phone? What if, I don't know, the thing goes haywire and you go home and it's 120 degrees and everything's on fire? I know that usually doesn't happen, but I have a vivid imagination when it comes to technology and how it can mess up uh, human existence. And I'm not the only one. That's the thing. I don't consider myself a brilliant mind as far as uh, software and the interwebs are concerned. But there are people who do this for a living who uh, are starting to put out doomsday scenarios as far as artificial intelligence is concerned. And uh, these are uh, the nerds of society. These are people who this is all they do. They, uh, you know, code and uh, they do things that, I or you don't really want or know how to do for the most part. Pardon me while I sip from my delicious beverage. And in the, it, it, and yes, it is. It's uh, it's the fancy coffee again. A little uh, little coffee pods. It's really good. Uh, it's uh, yeah. It's one of the benefits of being here. We're close enough to Italy, where uh, all all the Italian coffee gets sent here, and it's not very expensive. But all the people that are into this kind of stuff are sounding the alarm as far as artificial intelligence is concerned. Thankfully, it's not sentient yet. Hopefully, it'll never be sentient. Because if it is, uh, then as the kids like to say, we's in trouble. But right now, there are those who are sounding the alarm and going, hey, we should, we should probably slow this down a smidge before it's out of control. And that's pretty much what's happening globally on every front. Uh, things are escalating quite rapidly, and everyone's going, maybe we should slow this down a bit before. And then we realize that we didn't build any brakes. We built a fancy car, but we didn't build any brakes. We, uh, we, we decided that globalism was the, what, what was the little electric vehicle we were all going to ride in, but they didn't count for so many people jumping ship and going, yeah, not for me. 15-minute cities might be great for all you nerdy folk that are sitting there on your phones with your headphones in, waiting for somebody to point something to you. But for the most part, people like independence. People like freedom. People like doing what they want to do when they want to do it, even if it's not so good for them. Nobody likes being told by somebody usually inferior in intellect what they should be doing or what they think 
you should be doing. Um, there's a few things I want to get into before we do. I am going to inform you that this is a recording. Uh, we are recording today, let's see, July the 13th. So it's supposed to air today. Today is a Thursday, but just in case, as always, if you're seeing mushroom clouds between now and the time of airing, uh, I didn't miss it. We were just recording early. Uh, today we went to Suchava, which is about 15 kilometers, which is about 10 miles from the Ukrainian border. Uh, things seem quiet enough from our uh, side of the border. By all accounts, it seems as though, how do I put this? Uh, the international community is slowly but surely backing away from uh, Zelensky and the Ukrainian mission. We've discussed this at length. I told you about it at length. At some point, when they see they're not getting their way, they're going to throw Ukraine under the bus. And right now, tensions with Ukraine are surfacing at the NATO summit. Uh, I, I think Zelensky thought that they would be admitted into NATO forthwith. I also believe that there's back-channel talks with Russia, and the Russians made it very clear that the only reason this is still going on is because the Russians don't want NATO on their doorstep. NATO has always had a buffer between it and the old Soviet Union, Russia, which was Ukraine. And right now, the Ukrainians think they're smarter by half. So, hey, we want to join the United Nations. The United Nations said, nay, nay, not so fast. But what happened? I thought freedom. Lindsay, the gentleman, Graham was, was for the first time in a very long time, felt his deadened heart beating in his chest at the thought of killing Russians. And you're telling me you're not allowing these people into NATO? No, because everyone has a vested interest. Everyone has an agenda. Nobody wants to risk anything other than the Ukrainian people. And the Ukrainian people themselves, other than Zelensky, because at some point, again, American prophetic, when they, you will know, uh, let's put it this way, you will know they're ready to cut ties with uh, Zelensky altogether when uh, the media begins to report on all the villas and all the luxury cars that he purchased with U.S. aid. That's usually the playbook. When you want public sentiment to turn against somebody, uh, you, you, you start throwing out some red meat. And right now, with the way the American economy is going, with how everyone is hurting, and it's not just the American economy. Uh, I've been talking to people on the ground here. I know that sounds, that, that term has been overused and overwrought so much that I, I feel as though I should find the whip and scourge myself for using it. However, I have been speaking to people on the ground here. Uh, uh, they're, they're not very happy for various reasons. One of the reasons is uh, Romania was supposed to be used as a transit point for Ukrainian wheat. 
they, they made the deal. They shook the hands. Uh, we wanted to help our Ukrainian brothers and whatnot. And so they were allowed the transit of Ukrainian wheat so they could sell it because apparently uh, Africa has a shortage uh, and, and Ukraine exported a lot of wheat. Well, what happened is that they realized that rather than send the wheat all the way to Africa and incur the shipping charges, they can undercut the Romanian market and sell the wheat here. So because there are no, how do I put it? There are no government protocols for Ukrainian wheat. Uh, they could produce it a lot cheaper than Romanian farmers can. And so if a Ukrainian can bring train loads of wheat to the Romania, uh, the Romanian farmer can no longer compete because you have seven, eight different government entities at your doorstep every other day. Every one of them wants a little slice of something. They have to test that you use the right chemicals, that you didn't use more than you needed to, that you used enough. And all this stuff adds up for final cost. And you had a lot of Romanians that invested in infrastructure, that invested in farmland, that invested in those big green John Deere tractors because they, they fancied themselves the new farmers of the, you know, breadbasket of Europe and whatnot. And you have all of this Ukrainian wheat that's coming in and undercutting the market, and the Romanian farmers have nowhere to sell their wheat. So it's either they sell at a loss, and a big loss, or they just store their wheat hoping somebody will come along and purchase it before it goes bad. So not, not everyone is happy. All of this propaganda that, that everyone is standing behind the man, the myth, Zelensky. I told you my position a long time ago. There's no such thing as a good guy in this scenario. There's bad and worse. But for them to drag this out for so long, hoping that they can get into NATO and that NATO would fight the war on their behalf, that dream just got crushed. NATO said, uh-uh, no way, maybe someday, because that's what politicians do. They pick a straw man, they puff him up, they think, make him think he's invincible, and then they pull the rug out. Saddam Hussein uh, is, is a good example. Uh, Gaddafi's Another good example, and although I don't want to see it, because I think it would throw the entire region into chaos, and we're close enough to it where I think it would spill over here as well, uh, they're, they're about to throw Zelensky under the bus. That's my feeling being here. I know that I have no empirical data to prove it, but... You've been listening to the news for the last three years. They've been lying to you, and it's been proven that they've been lying to you. And they've had no empirical data either. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll put my track record up to any CNN reporters. We'll see how that goes. Uh, and I never once heard the message from the Lord. No, this is just deductive reasoning in the way I see the world, understanding human psychology. When I get a message from the Lord, you'll know it. Because it's not going to be, you know, in, in jest. It's not going to be filled with humor and by uh, vivality. Uh, it won't be American prophetic. It'll be, this is just what the Lord showed me, and I'll tell you. But for now, deductive reasoning tells me, seeing the way that 
all of Europe is feeling right now. Because I, I spent a couple of days in Austria before coming to Romania. I, I, I kind of felt the pulse there, as it were. Uh, I think they're very close to throwing him under the bus. And I think the first sign of that is going to be uh, exposés, either by the BBC or CNN or somebody, uh, where they'll show that the, the, the Ukrainian higher-ups, the government officials, uh, bought themselves nice little parsonages and places with palm trees and sunshine uh, at the American taxpayer's expense. Because right now... Uh, Democrats and Republicans have been at this for so long and they've been so excitable about it. We're, we're standing with Ukraine that they have to muddy the waters first. Before, before uh, we, we pull out, uh, as far as support is concerned, because I think by now they've realized uh, Vladimir Putin is uh, going to be a lot harder to get rid of than they thought. Uh, I mean, when... Uh, when, when you try to bribe the guy from Wagner Group with like $6 billion and he ends up, uh, you know, hiding out in Belarus, hoping he doesn't get executed. Uh, meanwhile, the propaganda machine was going, they are in Moskva. It's in Moskva. Look, Putin is standing there in his underwear waving a white flag. He is about to be arrested. And then all of a sudden, everything changes on a dime. Look, just because you want to propagandize the world, it doesn't mean that what you say is going to come true. Remember back that Bob. I keep going back to him. He was a star in my mind. That man, if he'd gotten a chance to come to Hollywood and sell movies, would have been a billionaire. He was that good at what he did. Remember back that Bob. We are crushing the Americans. The Americans are running away. We are saying, hold on, we must beat you some more. And then behind him, you see the U.S. tanks rolling into Baghdad. That's what they tried to pull with Wagner Group and this guy. And by the way, if they'd succeeded, because I don't think it was just the money. Look, Putin has enough resources to hand out money whenever he wants to whomever he wants and whatever sums he wants. Let's just put it that way. All, all that nonsense about we are hurting them with the economy, man. Look, we, we are putting in the sanctions. Russians never bled. The U.S. dollar did, but the Russians never bled as far as the sanctions were concerned. Because there were nations lining up to buy their oil. Please, please, please sell it to us. So it's not like the Russians were hurting. Putin has money. So I think, I can't prove it, never will. If somebody had a conversation, I'm sure it wasn't recorded for posterity or any other reason, but they may have promised the Wagner Group guy something more than just money. And I know that to us mere mortals, $6 billion is a good chunk of change. However, I don't think that would have been enough to make him try what he tried. So I think they may have promised him uh, some sort of leadership position in Russia. If you do a little history, search, if you figure out who this guy is, you'll understand that he truly is unhinged. He's unhappy with Putin if he is unhappy with Putin because it's not bloody enough. In his estimation, this thing should have been done within the first six days. You kill everybody, you clean up the bodies, you have your land, okay, you go. So uh, 
be careful what you wish for, U.S. government, because somebody may replace Putin that doesn't have the self-control that he does as far as pushing buttons. So, eh, you know, that's just the way it goes. Pardon me while I sip again. I know it's hot and I'm drinking coffee. And here it's, uh, let's see, I think it's 7 p.m. No, 6.24 is the exact time uh, here. So it's 6 in the evening and I'm still drinking coffee. So you'll know what I'll be doing at 3 o'clock in the morning. Mmm, that is good coffee. I, you know what, Lavazza has my vote. I used to think that uh, that, that little uh, outfit out in Watertown uh, had their uh, stuff together, but boy, these Italians. I know, I said Italians. That's for people who, who say Italian. It, it, it's not, it's just Italian, because uh, if it was Italian food, then you'd be going to Italy. Just yeah, it's one of those things. I know. So much to talk about, and here we are talking about Italians. But uh, the Italians aren't happy either. Neither are the English or the Germans. Nobody's happy. It's as though this was uh, the intent all along for there to be general unhappiness throughout the world so that whenever someone stateside says, hey, things are pretty bad and I'm unhappy, uh, your elected officials can point to the rest of the world and say, nobody's happy. Why should you expect to be happier than anybody else when everyone is equally miserable? It's a big enough story that it's gotten traction here in Eastern Europe, in Romania of all places. But uh, and And it's, right now it's just... Open mockery. All right, I'm going to tell you. I know. How dare those people with the outhouses mock us? Because we deserve mocking. Uh, it's uh, what's happening with the FBI director being grilled by uh, the House <laughs> Judiciary Committee and him trying his best to deny the fact that he's protecting the Bidens and uh, not looking into the criminality that is so obvious uh, the aliens that everyone wants me to talk about are looking down from space and going, look, he is the big guy. He is the big guy. How can you not see it? There is the big guy. So it's, it's plain and obvious. When, when people like the average Romanian looks at the situation and they roll their eyes and go, this is exactly what used to happen back in the communist days. I mean, uh, Nikolai Ceausescu, I'm going to mute the mic for a second because I have to cough. I know, so professional. Nikolai Ceausescu had a son. Uh, Saddam Hussein had two. Uh, Hussein Kusei. Uh, Nikolai Ceausescu, because, you know, he was the man that was uh, of optimum intelligence, named his son Nikolai too. Uh, they could get away with anything. They, I mean, the, the, the Romanian counterpart to Hussein and, and Kusei didn't get as bad as they did. They weren't, you know, just grabbing brides up, violating them, and then shooting them and just dumping their bodies. Uh, but he, 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 he was too enough bad where people noticed. 
where if it was anybody else but the son of the current dictator, they would have been in prison for a very long time. And so when you talk to somebody that lived through that, that lived through the inequality, that lived through uh, the abuse of justice is the best way I can put it, and they see the same thing happening in America, they shake their head and go, how could this happen to a place like that? That's, that's their reaction. It's, it's pity. Do you understand that a third world country is pitying what's happening in yours right now? And they're mocking the fact that nobody wants to talk about the great big pink elephant in the room where everybody knows who the big guy is. Everybody knows how he made his money. Because Lord knows it wasn't through any intellectual endeavor. So the big story that everyone was talking about yesterday was that uh, the FBI director was uh, testifying before Congress. And uh, his obfuscations were less than credible, is the best way I can put it. He said a lot without saying anything. And the fact that his denial was so half-hearted will tell you everything you need to know. Uh, I think that, and I, and I watched, uh, who was it, Jim Jordan, the guy a few questions, and Equally troublesome, let's put it that way, is the fact that the FBI, the Federal Bureau of the Eye, has nothing better to do than to criminalize Catholics and, and, and point out the fact that they need to be dealt with because, uh, you know, them Catholics. And I know you're thinking to yourself, well, I'm not Catholic. If you think they'll come after Catholics the way they have, there being, what, 60 million of them in the U.S., what will they do to the non-denominationals? What will they do to you? What will they do to me? Because we're, we're, we're just, you know, flies on the hind end of an elephant. All they have to do is, is, is twitch their tail and cause us irreparable damage. The thing of it is, if they are allowed to get away with criminalizing the Catholics, it won't be long before they criminalize you. This is why I, I, I have an issue with, with, with believers who sit back and, and cross their arms, well, it's not affecting me. Not today, but tomorrow it will be. Because you have to stand on principle. It's not about defending Catholicism. Lord knows even Catholics aren't defending Catholicism anymore. Look at their Pope. If that's not a lemon, I don't know what is. So it's, it's not the defense of Catholicism. It's about being principled enough to say this was wrong, even though it was done to Catholics. And if it was allowed to go through, if it was allowed to become, uh, you know, FBI, uh, Federal Bureau, uh, precedent, if it was allowed to go through, and this, this is what we have to look at these people as, it wouldn't have been very long before uh, you, I, or others would have gotten a knock on their door. Because that's the way they usually operate. You look at a group of people, and you go after the biggest one they have. And if you can crush the big one, 
then the little ones either fall in line and do what they're told and keep their mouth shut, or you can point to the big one and go, we're going to do worse to you because that one was big, and so he could take a punch. You? We'll just dislocate your jaw altogether. So there's, there's this, it's not madness. It's not that they went nuts. They know exactly what they're doing. The playbook is very obvious. You strike out at the biggest kid on the block. And if you can manage to get a throat punch in, and he's laying on the ground wheezing, then all the other ones are going to fall in line. And at least there's somebody in Congress going, there's real criminals out there. MS-13 is leaving heads on sidewalks like they were Christmas candy. Why exactly are you going after Catholics for standing against abortion? And it turns out the whole reason was because the next elections are coming up and they don't want any surprises. Because as I've said before, I know, I keep going back to the things I said, but the things I said are so relevant and prescient that I must. I told you before, 2016 took them by surprise and they're never going to go through that again. They hated that feeling. That's why 2020 was a lock. They cheated more than they needed to just to to, to make sure they weren't going to repeat 2016. This is why I'm not holding much much hope out for 2024. They have the playbook. They have all the pieces that they need on the chessboard in order to make the game go their way. You've got Google, you've got Facebook, you've got people that are willing to do prison time to cheat at the ballot box, you've got influencers, you've got everything. So, so tell me how it's going to work. I know the pink-haired lady said, ha ha, just you wait. I don't know, maybe 2020, what, 8, maybe 2046. We're all going to grow old and die waiting for one of their prophecies to come to pass because they won't admit they were wrong. Shut up and do what you can. You're not an island. Be vocal about the things that, that you find offensive. Because this is how they've gotten this far. This is how they've had so much success. Good people did nothing. Good people said nothing. Get marching and marching. And now they, they, they tried to kneecap the Catholics. And everyone else is going, oh, it's the Catholics. Who's next? Well, it's not going to be us. We're part of the Unitarian Church. And, uh, you know, every single uh, Pride Month, we fly the rainbow flag. I know you people are going to be the ones knocking on our door. But you don't think there's people that call themselves believers that are going to think that they're doing God's good work by persecuting you? That's how deep the deception goes. People will think they are doing good when they persecute you for standing up for righteousness. Because they've redefined everything. Everything is upside down. Everything is on its ear. Every single facet of government is now controlled by people who believe that you not existing as a Christian would make for a better world. Just let that sink in. Every facet of government 
is now filled and directed by people who believe that you not existing would be better for the world. Do you think one man's going to be able to change that trajectory? But 60 million, 100 million people all speaking up and going, nope, this is wrong. Not a Catholic, this is wrong. Maybe that may slow it down. Because you, you have to understand the Bible is true. I know, shocker, huh? <gasps> what did he say? The Bible is true. Eventually these things will come about. But that doesn't mean we're not supposed to do anything about it or try to slow it down. That means that the Bible would give us permission to be indifferent. It doesn't. The Bible says to occupy until he comes. What are you occupying? The lazy boy and the hungry man dinner? Well, brother, we can't, look, we can't change it. It's too late. Well, if we would have started when it started, it wouldn't have gotten to this point. It's like the individual that sees somebody else started a business and they're succeeding. Well, it's too late for me. Look, that person probably looked at somebody else that started a business five years before that, but at least they had the presence of mind to say, if they succeeded, maybe I will too. Silence is not the answer. That's the only thing I'm trying to get across. You saying nothing and doing nothing and hoping that things will turn around because the pink-haired lady who saw pet dinosaurs in heaven said, by her ministerial decree as a prophetess, things will turn around. You just keep waiting on that then. And it's just going to drip, drip, get worse, drip, drip, get worse. And eventually, the criminal will be turned into the hero and the victim will be turned into the criminal. It's happening. Perhaps not in America currently, but it's happening. I ran across this story and I scratched my head. It is, uh, it's, it's one of those eye-opening things. There's this uh, TV commentator in England that was caught trying to bribe a 17-year-old after sending her pictures of himself. It's, it's a disgusting, despicable story. Well, even people that you thought had, had the presence of mind to say it was wrong are, are trying to spin it in such a way where, well, we have to look out for his mental health and his family's going to suffer over this. Well, yeah, that's what usually happens. But don't take away from the fact that he did something wrong. It wasn't the 17-year-old. Don't criminalize her. But we're starting to see that shift where you got robbed and beaten up. Why were you wearing shoes? I mean, you should have known the homeless man that caved your head and didn't have shoes. Why were you wearing shoes? You should have just given him, but he didn't ask for the shoes. He just hit me. Well, you should have known he wanted the shoes. So when you walked out of your home, you should have put the shoes down and then walked barefoot and maybe he wouldn't have hit you. I mean, can you see his side of it? 
He looks at you and he sees your white privilege. You're like, what white privilege? I've got three jobs and I can barely pay my rent. But you have three jobs, don't you? He doesn't have any. And this is the way they do it. They go round and round until you're looking in the mirror going, am, am I the bad guy for getting robbed and beaten? This is what happens when a society begins to call good evil, evil good. And then you have, you know, the tertiary nut burgers, the climate people who are saying that all emissions must stop. You need to stop driving and flying and uh, farting, apparently. All these things will kill you. So uh, just sit there in your own filth and wait for them to tell you to take your next uh, booster shot. And then we may yet save the planet, kids. Uh, who was it? Because I, I read this. I can't find the story. I haven't even looked too hard because I'm just too hot and sweaty. But apparently uh, the, the, the California Senate shot down uh, new legislation that would uh, criminalize uh, child abusers. Some, how do I? Sometimes I wish I was wrong. I mean, I, I look back on the things I've said, and there are a lot where I'm like, please let me be wrong about this. I can see it. It's happening. It's forming. It, it's coming out of the fog, and it's very visible, but I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope this, this one time I'm just seeing more than, than what is there. We've been talking about the fact that, that the children and pedophilia is their last great battle. One of the ways that you can encourage pedophilia, one of the ways that you can encourage what they are now calling minor attracted persons, don't fall for it, it's not, it's pedophiles, is to decriminalize pedophilia or make the liability so minor that it's irrelevant. So they tried, they tried to push through a law in California where you criminalize pedophilia as you should. If you abuse a child, if you abuse a minor, the least that should happen to you is you go to prison and prison rules will take care of you. Because that's, imagine this. All right. I know, we're, we're, we're off of the rabbit trail, of the rabbit trail, of the rabbit trail we got on, but that's the way this program rolls. Uh, I'm, I'm losing so much water right now. Uh, I, I'm trying to find the vials. Uh, I still have to, to find a name for my perspiration, but, you know, if uh, <laughs> the guy selling Ukrainian nuclear water got away with it, if he was able to, to, to make a profit, I think I'll be okay. Uh, Peter Popoff, yes, him that sold the miracle water. I can't do that inflective thing. But back to what I was uh, wanting to say, because it's important. Now, you go to a maximum security prison, most of the time the people you find in there are not what you might call productive members of society. They are criminals. They are rapists, murderers. They are the worst of the worst kind of people. 
But even they, even the worst of the worst, have a moral code that if you, having committed pedophilic actions into that maximum security prison, you won't be long for this world and the time you have left will be very painful. So even the worst of the worst criminals, people without a conscience, people that, that murder and kill and set people on fire, that behead people just to see if the head will roll right, even they look at a pedophile and go, yep, you got to go. But the California legislator said, no, no, no. We should not criminalize pedophilia. Because, well, you know the old saying, love is love. Why don't you love love? And that's how the devil works. You've seen it. This is what happens when you are permissive about sin. It only gets worse. The best thing you could do for a pedophile is not criminalize pedophilia. The day will come when people defending their own children against these kind of monsters will be labeled hateful and unloving and, and, and be made out to be criminals themselves. Fair warning, you come at my kid, you're not walking away. Not whole anyway. Not without a limp or something. Everything that you've heard today And tell me exactly how revival is supposed to sweep the nation. Because that's the thing everyone's hanging their hat on. Oh, brother. I mean, it, it's, it's tough now. We're seeing the devil and he's, his army's on the march, but the revivals are coming. From where? How? If Christians will not stand up and defend what is moral and just, Principles and values are situational, and if you have to sacrifice anything or if it costs you anything, you just sit there and shut up while evil rolls by. How exactly is revival going to sweep the nation from coast to coast? We're in the end game here, kids. There's not much time left. Pretty soon, this, this whole planet is going to be in a scramble for resources. It's not going to be about Rolls Royces and my box anymore. It's going to be about rice and potatoes. And because, for the most part, those of you living in the U.S. have been sheltered, you've never gone without. You've never had to wonder where your next meal was coming from. You never went to the store and all the shelves were empty and there were 50 other schmucks like you just looking bleary-eyed, wondering how they're going to feed their kids. Because you've never had to go through that. You do not understand what a man is capable of when his options are hurting someone else, or watching his children starve. There is going to be a mad dash for resources globally. 
famine is coming. You can see it. You might not, but I see it. Whether you want to American prophetic it or not, famine is coming. And you have not seen the length to which a man will go for his children. When there's three of you and there's just one drumstick left. This wasn't supposed to go this way. I, 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 I had purposed in myself and in my heart that, that I would maintain a certain level of levity while being away and while doing the programs on the road. Things are happening that so few are aware of that by the time the general public gets a whiff, it's already too late. Remember how we were talking about the BRICS nations, oh, I don't know, six months ago, a year ago? Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, and all the other nations that were applying to be allowed in? Well, kids, that's moving forward. They're actively looking for a gold-backed digital currency that will damage the dollar, some say, irreparably. That's not news anymore. It's old news. We talked about it a long time ago. Why don't you talk about it recently? Because I I tell you things you need to know in advance. So that when you see them happening, you go, oh, okay, this is where we are. Check. Check. All the Russians have to do right now is just wait. Europe out until they start throwing Zelensky under the bus and with Zelensky the Ukrainian people because if you think they had great love for Ukraine perhaps Lindsey Graham did I, I don't know what he finds attractive but perhaps bearded men are it but and I've said this to you and it hurt my heart to say it but Every single politician and every single government was using Ukraine and the Ukrainian people as a cutout hoping to get rid of Putin. It's not going to happen. Everybody knows it now. And so the next play is to throw the person you were using as your mouthpiece under the bus. And I think that uh, their rejection of being allowed into NATO is uh, the beginning of that. On the other side of the world, apparently, in between, I don't see, do they have Korean buffets in North Korea? Because I was going to say in between uh, Korean buffets, Kim Jong-un oversaw the launch of a missile that could reach any part of the U.S., but do they just call it a buffet? I mean, we call it a Korean buffet because we're in a, well, technically you're in America and it's Korean food, but I, I guess the North Koreans just call it a buffet. And given that most North Koreans uh, subsist on a diet of rice and rat, do they have buffets in North Korea? Inquiring minds want to know. But North Korean state media confirmed on Thursday that dictator Kim Jong-un or as he is uh, also knows, known, uh, Chunky Kim, has overseen the launch of a new model intercontinental ballistic missile 
branded the croissant 18. Not croissants, but croissant. Very important. He eats the croissants, but he uh, launches the croissant. Uh, intended to intimidate the United States and South Korea into ceasing their military activities. A series of stronger military offensives will be launched until the U.S. imperialists and the South Korean puppet traders admit their shameful defeat. I I, I think you're putting on uh, the bib before uh, the salad bar, as it was, or is it the salad bar before the bib? I don't think the South Koreans or the Americans uh, are going to admit their shameful defeat. If they would have, uh, there, there, there were other opportunities where we could have done that. But there is no peace in the world. Wherever you look, everyone is close to conflict or in conflict or preparing for conflict. These are the days of which the Bible speaks excessively. And because the Bible speaks of these days, we ought to be aware and prepared. Look, Europe's not looking good right now. I think that um, every economic indicator is flashing red. And even the people that came to Europe from places like Nigeria, Niger, uh, Pakistan, India, and other places that, that wanted to earn an honest living, upon realizing that they won't be able to earn an honest living, will realize that the men of the nation into which they immigrated are soft, spineless, and weak. And that even though they are not the epitome of warriors, they are still stronger, more willing to visit violence upon a stranger than the citizens of that nation. And when that epiphany takes hold, when that realization materializes, you'll realize that what we just saw in France was just a preview, a precursor. Every morning I have my my quiet time with the Word and a cup of coffee and just praying and fellowshipping with God. And for the last few weeks, at some point during every morning, this, this thought of impending famine just makes its way to the forefront of my mind. It's a whole new ball game when they begin to fight for resources, for food, and not just a piece of land or an island somewhere. We have to be aware of the things that we can control and control them. We have to be aware that our silence does nothing to slow evil, and so we must be vocal in defense of good. We must also come to the realization that Jesus once said, if they're not against us, then they're for us. So don't make enemies of people that would be your friend. 
And don't try to make friends with people that would be your enemy. That was profound. Anyway, thank you for joining us. My little kitty's already at the door knocking because I told her it was an hour. And uh, she's very literal that way. So I went in here at, uh, let's see, 5.55. It's 6.58, and she's a knocking. So, Gino, if you got anything to say, buddy, it's yours. We'll see you guys next week. Uh, thanks for your prayers. Thanks for listening, and God bless you. Thank you, Michael. I just want to let everyone know it's so important to realize the verses that Dimitri used, message for America, about America. Jeremiah 51, 8-15, Babylon has suddenly fallen and been destroyed. Wail for her, take balm for her pain. Perhaps she may, may be healed. We would have healed Babylon, but she is not healed. Forsake her and let everyone go to his own country for her judgment reaches to heaven and is lifted up to the skies. You know, God gave Demetri Revelation 18. Babylon has fallen in verse 2 and fall is fallen and become the habitation of devils and hold of every foul spirit and a cage and, and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. When Mike talks about California wanting to allow laws that encourage pedophilia, etc., we're at the door of judgment. We're at the door of God dealing with America. We're at the door saying enough. And uh, it's so critical to realize, as Mike said, there's going to be famine. There's going to be great trials. And so get closer to the Lord. Get close to God. Seek him with all your heart. Uh, have that altar in your home of prayer and the word of God. But be mindful that God showed Demetri in the Bible where America was prophetically, and all these things are happening, and we really believe, again, judgment's at the door. Thank you so much for listening to the Light of Truth radio broadcast. God bless you. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast, The Light of Truth with Michael Baldea. If you would like to order a copy of today's broadcast, please visit our website at handofhelp.com. If you have questions about our ministry, you can email us at handofhelpoffice at aol.com or simply call us at 920-206-9910. God bless you. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.